It's Friday, January 21st, 2022, and you're listening to episode 588 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 38 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. And I'm Brodor. Are you? Are you really? I am Brodor, and I am always rejected. You're always rejected. No, you're loved here. You know, you're right. You're I am loved. You're, wanted, I, you're rejecting yourself. I'll, you're sending you to Oregon, not you, us. No, it's all true. It's all true. But any which way, life is good, man. I had good, good, good holidays. I have great Christmassy presents. My mother-in-law got me Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. or Tsushima or Tuchima or however you say it. And f- me sideways. It is so goddamn good. <laughs> oh, my God. The stories, the tragedy, the beauty of the environment, the absolute heinous goddamn bloodshed <laughs> and just vicious murder in which I engage. It is ridiculous. It's so good. I'm happy you're happy. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I, I kind of want to play the game, too. I just Oh, my God. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. And it's so tragic yeah, it was, and beautiful. And, uh, there was a lot of politics around this that I'm not going to get into. Anyone who follows video game news already knows what I'm talking about. But it was a disturbing lack of diversity in the game. But other than that, <laughs> no, it no, is no. excellent. I don't mean that. <laughs> no, because the year that it was up for a bunch of awards the other top contender fall of like the best game of whatever, if I remember right, I think it was Ghost of Tsushima that was up against Last of Us 2. And there was obviously all kinds of Tempest and Teapots over all that stuff that this show is not about, so we're not going to get into. So it did win a bunch of awards, but also lost a bunch of awards, and there's all kinds of screwiness to it. But, I mean, you know, honestly, who cares about awards? The quality of the product is not created by an award you know it not, might be recognized by an award but it's not created by an award some of the stuff i really love never won anything you know but i enjoy it and that's enough for me so but yeah i have heard it's a really damn good game though i have not personally played it i know that we're doing role-playing games and not computer role-playing games but i'm incentivized not only to get better at the game i'm incentivized to be better at parrying be better at my timing you're incentivized to get good yes by the way it's spelled g-i-t-g-u-d you do not spell it any other way yeah get good get good yeah so but here's the other thing i'm incentivized you as the player incentivized to change your outfit (laughs) because my traveler's outfit has different effects when i'm exploring the Mm -hmm. map but my ronin outfit gives me different powers when i'm doing stealth missions and my armor well it does what armor does it blocks it's so good, but then I can get different dyes and change my outfits. Ah, so I get to do like a little bit of paper doll dress up, <laughs> and I get to cut dudes' heads off and stab people in the fucking armpit and throw sticky bombs on dudes and lure dudes with firecrackers only to throw grenades at them. Amazing. I haven't seen Broder this excited about anything that wasn't weed and ever. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Or syphilis. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big, I mean, I'm not a fan of syphilis, but wait boy. till he discovers Red Dead Redemption. I didn't care. Or for any it. of the, it like, didn't, it didn't, you GTA know, what, type games, you know what yeah. it was? It was the horrible control layout. Yeah. yeah no, no, you, 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 hands, every time you go yeah. to talk to somebody, you, you shoot, shoot him in the, the head. Face, yeah, yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. No, it was incredible right. game. Horrible control. Yeah. No, it was not. That's hard to get past for the, for the cat. Casual gamer like yeah. myself that plays a video game every two years, 
Mm-hmm. You just there's just I can't. Yeah, do it. no, I, I hear that. It, yeah. it's great game, awful. great story, horrible controls. Yeah. Well, you know, the one place the controls don't get in your way is actually what my brother-in-law, Adam, he wants to borrow at some point. I'm going to loan him my PlayStation 4 and the game so that he can play through it because he is super big into, like, bird watching and such. He just wants to do the whole naturalism mm-hmm. part of the game, which is, for anyone who doesn't know the game, it's very detailed and includes species that some of which are now extinct but existed at the time and the more that you observe them and the more that you learn about them you have this autobahn style journal where you keep improving your drawing and adding on more information about them and so this is whole naturalist study nature sub game that's very detailed and the controls there are pretty good yeah, the animals are kind of irritating, but that's because I'm impatient. <laughs> I just want them to sit still like they're in a damn museum and pose for me, and they don't do that. Which is, do you, you shoot them? Oh, so well, I did. Hunting aspect. So what, yeah, well, what yeah you there's do also you, a hunting aspect. You kill them, then you take them to a dude in town called a taxidermist. Yeah, yeah. and then that's and then, in the game. Yeah, and then he's still forever. And then I draw it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and they it's also not quite that detail, but yes, <laughs> and the quality of the corpse you leave behind if you kill them matters. Because whether you take it to be butchered for like its hide and meat and such, or in some of the missions, you sell off the carcasses to be taxidermied for museums, you have to have really high quality carcasses. Like if you just take you know, a belt fed minigun and just rip the, I'm making that up. So if you the kill him like I would, like yeah. I was there with yeah. my Gatling gun and my crank. Yeah, exactly. There are animals in the game that are so small that you still have to hunt that you can't use a gun. You have to use a very small bow and arrow and you have to use tiny little arrows like yeah I forget or like called. or like a 12 gauge not 12 a, gauge shotgun but a point one two gauge yeah, literally a bb gun you have the the little disc container of the little bb yeah a, so I'm sorry, I, mean a, and, I mean a 12 caliber varmint gun yeah, a gauge, i love the bow and arrows in the game and that was actually something over christmas I've never shot an actual bow and arrow before over Christmas. It's more exciting to shoot them at something. (laughs) I mean, and you only shoot the arrow. You don't shoot the bow and the arrow. Yeah. So my niece is in a uh, actual (laughs) competition. She's on a team. And apparently they do this in schools. Mm -hmm. We didn't have our train schools. Didn't have anything like that. So they have all the targets set up in their backyard. And I got a chance to use a bow for the first time. And. The first round, I did incredibly bad and put a arrow through the wooden fence, which was kind of impressive because yeah. it was a blunt-tipped arrow. Right. But it yeah. went through, sticking through out the other end. That's right. awesome. But then I was actually shown, here's how you actually hold the bow and shoot. Mm-hmm. And from there, I was pretty quickly hitting the target every time. Not center of target. Yeah, but yeah. The big hitting, round, hey, yeah. Yeah, but hitting the target. No, that and that's I great. had so much fun, and we never did that in school. But apparently schools do that now. Yeah. They did it in our school. Yeah. Yeah. We had a mighty rec sports. One of my nephews is trying to get an archery, but mm-hmm. where they live, it's very, very fuzzy line between the suburbs and the rural areas. Mm-hmm. And this school district bridges that fuzzy line where some of it's suburbs, some of it's rural. And so the archery club there is very hard to get into. Yeah. The tryouts are brutal because, I mean, these kids have grown up hunting and shooting bows and whatever. So, Apropos of the topic, in my new Call of Cthulhu Savage Worlds Miskatonic University game, 
my wife's character, Betty Sullivan, is going to MU on an archery scholarship. MU is Missouri University. Miskatonic University. Oh, Miskatonic. Miskatonic, oh. yes. Not Miskatonic. Not yeah. MU. No, no, no. The Sorry, yeah. Call of Cthulhu. No, Miskatonic yeah, yeah. University in Arkham, Massachusetts. Not yeah. Missouri University. Yeah, no. So she yeah. is, yeah. So, so, so her character is at school on an archery scholarship. I did not know this, but, she, you know, all my players have gone crazy with doing research about the 1950s mm-hmm. and archery was, was a huge. thing that women yep. did and yeah i didn't mm-hmm. realize yeah. it was a big deal yeah. if Channel. anyone wants to know what happened with brodor's D game that he's been talking about all this time well you need to back us on patreon because he did a game notes that talked about the end of that campaign mm-hmm. yeah sorry right. so i'll put a link there to our patreon if you're interested but the topic that we're talking about today is starting up new games both Brodor and mm-hmm. his gaming group, they had a game fall apart. Once again, it's on the Patreon if you care. And, and you should. I actually listened to it. Is did very, you really? Thank I you. I did. I I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate it. the group that Chad and Wayne are in that they you guys meet somewhere during the week. I think Wednesdays. 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 Okay, I couldn't remember when. And you guys, your game ended normally, correct? Yes. No weird drama, yeah. whatever. Yeah, we ended it before the holidays and then did some one shots through the holidays yeah. to. Just keep, not start a new game before yeah, the holidays kill it. Keep the wheels greased. So, yeah. yep. all right. So let's talk first about Brodor's game and how you guys picked what you're starting and what you're doing for game prep and whatnot. And then we'll also then talk about your guys' game. Mm-hmm. Or heck, we can just mix them all together. If we're doing topic by topic here. So I guess first, how did you guys pick or did you just dictate that we're so going to play? So during the conversation that my group and I had, when we decided that, you know what, the midnight game's not going anywhere, it really, it needs to be done for a variety of reasons. During that conversation, one of my players said, you know, the thing that I thought you've always done better than other systems was Savage Worlds. And I have played every iteration of Savage Worlds except for the latest Adventurers Edition, which of course we're going to use for this game. But when my buddy Brent brought that up, said, hey, you know, I think Savage Worlds is something that you do better than other stuff. And you generally have a lot of passion for the game. Every game that we've had of it in the past has been excellent. And so, you know, let's try the new edition or think about going something in that direction. And so, well, yeah. All right, great. Let's do that. So they asked me, what are you inspired to do? I said, well, no, no, you said, and I'm not there. No, you're right. Okay. No, that's also true. You said, okay. It was really rough, ran this midnight thing. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of people. I don't want to say drama, you know, but because I don't want to put that judgment on it. Right, but, no, but, no, no. It you was, know, there, there yeah. were some emotions there. There were, and there were. I, you didn't flame out, but it's just like, you know, you were having engine trouble. No, dude, I lost in the plane. No, 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 yeah. yeah, no, I absolutely lost you, every bit of muse I had for that game. Every player at the table knew this, was involved in it, very open about it. And Mike looks at him and goes, okay. Who would like to run the next game? And they put it back to you. Oh, they didn't even do that. Crickets. Nothing. Like I just dead eyes. I would have collected those crickets in (laughs) Ghost of Tsushima so I could have more songs. Right. That's how many crickets there were. Yeah. (laughs) Just just a chorus of crickets. Yeah, it was it was brutal. So it was like, well, what would you want to run? And so they took his question, reframed it. And fired it back at you know, it. It's really nice not having that problem. I know, right? And, and, and I was like, well, I want to do something where it's not 
always about the fighting or mm-hmm. the mystery. I want to have something, you know, like Buffy, where there is, this is our life during the day, mm-hmm. and this is our life at night, right? And I wanted to do something on a school level. And so I know that Wayne and some other folks had been playing East Texas University. So I looked into those rules and thought, what can I do to make it interesting for me, but also in a fashion in a world that I think is interesting. So I was like, well, I think college in the fifties is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I love the clothes. You get into co-ed campuses. Getting into into co-ed. Exactly. CIA is doing a lot of recruiting. A lot of recruiting on campus. No cell phones. There are no cell phones. Mm -hmm. You have on Miskatonic campus, you have the Wilmarth Foundation. So you have a group of people already headquartered at Miskatonic University mm-hmm. who are working behind the scenes to make sure that mythos stuff doesn't bleed out into the public and to, you know, tamp down on dark books and cults and blah, blah, blah. You have all of that stuff. Now, you have some things that obviously are going to be anachronies, right? Like, for example, one of the players at my table is of mixed race. One of the players mm-hmm. at my table is a woman. And, you know, if you weren't a white dude in the 50s, not a great time for you. But yeah. we talked about it and I said, look, what I like about the time are the haircuts and right. the, yeah. the Bobby ha- socks and the dancing. And everybody's the- smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And that, you know, what I want is malt shops and Migos. Yeah. And everybody the roller skating car hops. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my friends were all like, okay. Not right, sit-ins cool. we and can, we dogs. Can, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. want to do. I don't want to. This do. is not the real world in the fifties. This world has horror in it. Yeah. Why can't it also have equality? Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's a fictional world, and well, I just. I mean, this is not something that I think I have a lot of important things to say on this. But subject. no Irish. Yeah. No <laughs> garbage. Yeah. So I'm kidding. I, uh, anyway. So I wanted to do something on the collegiate level and I wanted to do Mm -hmm. something where school, right, was an important part. So I looked into ETU and it's not perfect, but there's a lot there that you can work with. And I know Savage Worlds probably better than I do any other system. So I'm really, really comfortable with it. So for anyone not familiar with it, and we'll link it in the show notes so you can find it. But what's sort of the elevator pitch for East Texas University? Best elevator pitch I've ever heard is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the college year is only good. The idea is you are going to a regular community college that is East Texas University. Buffy went to college? Yeah. Yeah. It was a horrible season. She died at the end of season five. She went to college before she died. Did she? Yeah. Oh, God, you're right, because Donnie was in high school, and of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you are going to school, you are a college student in the most haunted, you know, mythos-level city in the world that just happens to be Pinebacks, Texas. So there's all these weird things happening, and you have to deal with taking your finals and college stuff. Does it carry its own rule system? It is Savage Worlds with some extra rules put on top of it okay. to deal with the school aspect and some yeah. of the... It's like homework the and finals just like, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Just like Rippers or Weird yeah. Wars. It's a campaign yeah. supplement for your traditional yeah. Savage Worlds it's a setting. basic rule. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So carry on. Well, anyway. My way word, son. So I was inspired by that. So I thought, okay, what I want to do is I want to make this my own thing. So is Savage Worlds going to be able to do a mythos level game that is a little bit more survivable? And I think the answer is yes. 
and with some of the supplements, the horror supplement has rules for sanity that are very good. I think ETU's got some great building blocks for examinations and what to do from one semester to the next. I've got some really cool ideas for what is our summer excursion, like the summer of 54 before they go into their sophomore year. The school trip is going to be in Egypt and of course <laughs> is going to involve, you know, Nefrun Ka and, you mm. know, the near Lothotep and blah, blah, blah. So basically, it inspired me to plot out, okay, I've I got... I see why you're really good at running that, because you can pronounce all those Egyptian names. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I'm never going to do a, a mythos-type game. I just can't pronounce that so I was really, really excited to do something different and lighthearted and fun, and then also juxtapose it with otherworldly mm. horror. It's yeah. crazy sometimes the things that can just inspire you and get you excited. As you're talking about this, I'm remembering the noir game, superhero game I ran. What I got excited about was I wanted to set it in a time period where Prohibition was because I wanted speakeasies. I got super excited about the idea of a speakeasy. Why did I get excited? I have no idea. But it gave me energy that made me want to run the entire campaign just so I could have a scene with a speakeasy. Hmm. I guess for me, my enthusiasm, a lot of it comes from that my players are excited and that there are things that they care about that have nothing to do with the mythos has nothing to do with gaining treasure has nothing to do with fighting. I mean, people are sending me emails like here's a black and white picture of me. And here's a picture of my older brother. Who's a junior the year that I'm a freshman and no, that's not actually Mick Jagger. It's just some <laughs> random person who looks a lot like him. And mm-hmm. yes, my brother is a beatnik and here are all the things that he's into. Right. right. So I'm getting family trees and backgrounds nice. and all this. We haven't even sat down to make characters yet, but everybody knows that it's going to be 1953. It's going to be Miskatonic University. They're familiar with the Cthulhu mm. mythos vibe. They're familiar with the pulpy vibe. And I'm getting a lot of great energy from them, which really is just, it's a feedback loop, right? So then I'm sending emails mm. out saying, okay, here's what I'm looking at. Here's what we're going to do for character creation. You know, here's some things to consider, some questions I have for your character. Of course, none of it involves mechanics. Right. What sort of questions are you sending them? Well, for example, why are you attending Miskatonic University? Not why did you choose to attend Miskatonic? Because the plot isn't at any other no. college. Why? But okay, sure. But yeah. the, the, the plot <laughs> yeah. isn't the In plot character. isn't added other other college. But but In why why are you going there? For example, Memory's character is a local, and she's going to get in-state tuition, and mm-hmm. she's lived in Arkham her whole life, and her family's lived in Arkham their whole lives, and she doesn't want to leave. Her family, she's got mom, dad, Mm -hmm. siblings. She wants to be around and make family an important part of her character. That's a super great question. That was the first question that Gage asked us in the East Texas University campaign. My character is a character that is uh, psychically sensitive and grew up in New Orleans. He's tired of this crazy So he figures, (laughs) I'm going to go to Texas because nothing supernatural ever happens in Texas. I mean, And he just happened to go to the most haunted college in the country. 
But then my nemesis, who's playing Reginald Cartwright the Fourth, mm. who has adopted his mother's name Dracos, who goes by Reggie Dracos, he's going there because he's a legacy. Because mm. my dad went to Miskatonic, and my grandpa went to Miskatonic, and my great grandpa went to Miskatonic, and the Cartwright line goes back to Miskatonic University, mm. back to the 1690s, like to mm. shortly after the college was established. Yeah, I'm going to go there because we're wealthy socialists, but he's a f- up and he's a greaser and he rides a motorcycle and yada yada and he's got a you know rifle holster on it like mm. a world war it's a world war ii mm. harley davison bike but he keeps his baseball bat in there and he's really good at sports and you know that just dumb cliche sh- i'm stoked about it nice there's nothing that gets me more super excited than seeing the players talk about the game when we're not in a game session. When I'm not involved. Right? Yeah. When yeah. they're when memory and I leave the house on game night to go pick up the dog and we drive back from my mother-in-law's and it's been 20, maybe 30 minutes round trip and the guys are still outside the house <laughs> talking about the game or about mm-hmm. what they're going to make. That's when I know I did well or I really <laughs> the bed. <laughs> so what about you guys? What do you playing or have you decided yet so with our game because you don't have the baby bird problem right yeah wayne was around the last game and wayne you never actually i think came out and told us that you were i don't want to say burnt out on game mastering but you've been running for a long time yeah i have a lot of social obligations that happen schedulely yeah and i'm also running another game and i like to mix it up i like to play as much as i like to game and, and I was Wayne doing, never said this to us. Yeah. I was we doing heard more it on a game notes. Yep. I was doing more <laughs> running than I was playing. It's I'm sorry, Wayne, but it's so hard to be honest with people you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's challenging. I can be honest with strangers. It is yeah. difficult to be honest with people I care about. Yeah. But yeah, I was doing way more running than I was playing. And so I want to play in another campaign. Absolutely. I want to play in another weekly campaign. because yeah. I'm in the actual play that's, that is a different. every other week game. Yeah. But I wanted to do a little more playing. Yep. You know, so it becomes time for we're going to do our next game. I'm still willing to run, but we mm-hmm. have other GMs willing to step up and run. Yeah. And usually what we do is we come up with a, okay, well, what are the ideas we're thinking about? I don't think we've ever had a GMs doing a pitch off with the right. group. Yeah. But it is usually we know who wants to run next and they'll come up with their ideas and pitch. Here's my ideas. Mm-hmm. And then it'll develop from there. So this time it's pretty much Chad's on deck because we've got some new players coming in. They don't want to jump into running right away. Mm. We've got one player who just got a house. I've been running. So it's Chad's turn. And he's had a break from running for a Mm -hmm. while. So Yeah. And so how it kind of led off for us, too, is that Wayne last year, which October, November. So November, I think, is when you wrapped up our main campaign, our Dresden Files campaign, which was wonderful. And we knew that we had a whole month, and but through the holidays, and we got two new players in. And so we were like, well, we were trying to get our new players to show up, but they had holiday obligations. Like, okay, we're, we're going to be there. I'm cool. Oh, my God, this thing just blew up. Holidays, terrible. And we're like, don't worry about it. That kind of kept bouncing back and forth. So we did some one shots yep. and stuff, and we did yep. our... Wayne ran his annual uh, Secret Lives of yep. Gingerbread Men game. Chad read Dogs in the Vineyard for us. Oh, God. Nice. That was brutal. That was brutal. My play, you know how you, you go like, well, 
you know you're a successful GM when you can sit back and just not say anything. And that's how Dogs was. Because it's like I kind of put them through this emotional meat grinder. And then by the end of it, I just sat there. I think it was like a good solid 30, 45 minutes where they are in character trying to decide what they need to do as dogs. And to a person, every single player was like, I know what we need to do. I don't want to do it. It's horrible. Mm, but the yeah. characters were like, no, there's only one way. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's it's like we either go hard or we go harder was the argument for the character. Oh, it's neat, isn't it? Brutal, brutal game if you run it right. Anyway, so we were talking, we we started talking in, in our groove like, okay, well, we're going to start a new campaign with the new year. New year, new campaign, new players, fresh start for everything. And all the holiday stuff is out of the way. We can just roll into it. And it's just a nice open highway in front of us. And we were talking about, like, you had the conversation, although we didn't have, like, the sort of flame out as you're trying to land the plane. We had the conversation of, well, okay, who is interested in running? And it was kind of more reversed, right? Because Wayne was not hinting in a passive aggressive way, but more like, well, I could run something. And a couple of us had listened to your game notes episode, mm-hmm. and, and we knew that you didn't want to. Oh, I don't even know how to describe. It's not a mid defeat or, or anything like that, but you didn't want to run. But you didn't want to say you didn't want to run. You didn't want to let us down. I'm more than willing to still run. Yeah. I just would like to play. Right. You're it's, not going to run. You're not running. One. Yeah. I'm not going to let you. It's more of a. It's not a burnt out. It's just yeah. I would like to play. Right. And so you question is really more what. Right. Are you yeah. GMing as opposed to who is GMing? Right. So what are you GMing? One thing I reached out to the group in their Discord and I asked a couple simple questions. Mm-hmm. Nothing along the lines of what do we want to play next or any of that. It's, well, we're going to be starting a new game mm-hmm. soon. What are the kind of things that people would have always wanted to try or systems you've wanted to try? And just kind of get that question out there to see is there anything someone's been burning mm-hmm. to want to play that they've never had the opportunity to? We really didn't get much back right. from that. The only thing we threw, I threw out there for me, I really want to build something. Yeah, I wanted to like do either a community building or just play a game where the characters are building something up that's going to outlast them. So I got this idea about building something. So I've been reading this book, and in this book, there's this sort of institute, and it's it's a really terrible book, but it gave me an idea for an institute. Wayne was also saying, man, I really like the idea of building something and having something that outlasts the characters or is bigger than the characters. And I I was kind of like throwing this idea around. Our other players were like, well, I I would be willing to run something, but I'm buying a new house. It's a very stressful thing to buy a new house and move into it. Mm -hmm. Our two new players were like, we're new and we don't we're not in the groove yet with this group. We would run something for other people. We'd know how to run it. We don't know how to run stuff for you guys. It is so hard to sit down and run a campaign for a group of people you don't know and haven't yeah. played with more than once or twice. Because I know what buttons to push with my group. Mm-hmm. I don't know what buttons to push with new people. And I ran into that with my D&D game. It was kind mm-hmm. of a struggle for me to figure out all of these new players because I was running it for people I hadn't gamed with in an online game. Mm-hmm. So it was running online for the first time plus running for brand new people, and you don't have that comfort level. I would never want to come into a group and immediately start running if I hadn't played with them. And I was sitting there like, okay, I have the very 
basics of a kind of idea, not an actual idea, but just sort of the beginnings of an idea that could maybe go into a game of some kind. And I was like, okay, I don't want Wayne to run. I want Wayne to play. And Dawn doesn't want to run right now because two new people are coming in and she does not have a big breadth of experience with running games. So she's going to need to get more comfortable with the new people before she runs something with them. So I'm like, okay, it, in all ego, it's probably going to be me that runs it. If someone else steps up and says, hey, we got this idea and the other players are like, oh, yeah, let's, that's an awesome idea. No problem. I have no problem that running. But I'm like, you know, reading the entrails here, it's, it's going to be me. And so I kind of like start cooking this idea I have. It's like, okay, I want, I want there to be like this institute sort of thing. I want the players to build it. I want the players to define to me what this organization is and what it does. And I also want it to have a counterpart organization that operates against it. But then I started like putting framework on it. Okay, I want the players to be good guys. I'm running Blades in the Dark. My cup runneth over with assholes. So I want us to be good guys. I don't want to be superheroes, right? I don't want these to be knights in shining armor or whatever. I I want them to be good guys, but not saving the day, not superhero Superman type stuff, which would be very easy to do like a Super Friends, Justice League, Avengers sort of. That would be your group. It's too easy to go down that route. So I want them to define for me what the Institute does, what it's like greater project is that's bigger than them that won't see fruition in their lifetimes, right? And I want them to also make the opposition. When they make the opposition, the opposition, their goal, their project is not to stop the Good Guy Institute, nor is the Good Guy Institute mandate to stop them. It's just they're so diametrically opposed in their goals that it is an inevitability that they run counter to it. I have a question here, and this is going to sound kind of challenging it's not meant to be please challenge me because i need more pressure on the idea to no 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 it's not even pressure on the idea it sounded before more like you were running but you were kind of open to ideas yes whereas here it's starting to sound more like you already have a pretty defined idea no i I, the only thing this thing's missing is the game system two weeks ago (laughs) two weeks ago i was like oh yeah i have these vague ideas and that we're going to kind of collaborate. Well, I've had two weeks to cook on it. So now... So you've kind of filled in your own blanks. Oh, yeah. no, I, I have characters, and there's a great plot, and all this sort of stuff. Gotcha. You know? And since then, he's also talked to Don and myself both yeah. about it. And- so there has been yes. some input. Okay, so, so this Well, wasn't- and that was, the, that was the thing, too, is that I started, like, cooking this idea in my head, and I'm like, all right, does this pass the sniff test? I have to tell somebody... To make sure it just doesn't sound good in my head. Yeah. And so I floated it to Dawn. And Dawn was, I don't know, I wouldn't say excited, like, oh my God, we got to play. She wasn't like that, but she was like, oh wow, that's really interesting. Well, yeah. Well, what about this? Well, yeah, and well, I don't... You know, and, and so that engagement's like, okay, this thing might have legs. Did the same thing with Wayne. Wayne and I are throwing ideas back and forth, and we're talking like systems that we could use. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because as a game master, I've certainly had times where I had something relatively specific I wanted mm-hmm. to run. Now, it's not, as we've talked about in past episodes, it's not the same as saying, well, I want you to paint by numbers through a plot I've already right. predefined. Mm-hmm. 
But nonetheless, there is something very particular where I want to play this game, this setting. You guys are this sort of group. And, you know, there's room to express within there. But it's not the open pitch of, well, I'm willing to GM. Let's find something that we can all vaguely agree on Mm. or at least hate the least among the possible ideas and, you know, come to a a compromise or or how did you describe it of, you know, you've reached an agreement when everyone has a number they can't live with. Yeah. (laughs) Or no one has a number they're satisfied with. When when both sides are dissatisfied with the number, then we've reached a good conclusion. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Something to that effect. But yeah, it it was that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And so sometimes that's how the games get picked or sometimes everybody is simultaneously Mm. excited for something. But once again, I have nothing against the GM picking a game. There's a Battletech campaign I still want to run at some Mm -hmm. point someday. I was just trying to Mm -hmm. follow the the, the math of how we got here. So as I've been kind of cooking on this idea, one of the other things that I want out of the campaign, like I said, I, I don't want superheroes, not a superhero campaign. We're playing good guys, but not the paragons of goodness here, but we're, we're good guys. I want to set the game in the sort of Gilded Age, the sort of Victorian Gilded Age. And when I very first started this idea, it's like, okay, we can do this anywhere in the world. There's going to be a globe spanning thing. It's not anywhere in the world anymore. It's in America. so it's very specifically in america and it is around the time of the civil war there is paranormal stuff so there's magic and mythos type cthulhu stuff that as long as i can pronounce it it's going to be there and there's going to be like super science so think you know weird west type stuff and all that sort of craziness except it is not known to the public this is this is not like an out sort of thing The, the the things the public believes in that are paranormal aren't real like Ouija boards and dousing rods and all that sort of stuff. Table rattling. That was all, all the popular stuff in that time period. The public believes in that it's real. They believe in it. It's very popular and none of that is real, but there is real stuff and it absolutely is not that. And it is rare and it is scary. The players have access to it. And as much as the players want when they start defining their institute and their characters and stuff, the amount and level of that, that paranormal, that weird science stuff that they have, they set the bar for that. I do not. My only thing is it's not out. It's not known. It's not common. Like if you have this weird science device, that is the only one on the planet Mm. that exists and you made it or your benefactor, you know, whatever your story is, maybe. But yeah, uh, there's going to be all that kind of stuff in it. And then my idea here, though, is that the whole game is in three chapters. So the first chapter is this sort of Gilded Age thing where it's more like super science, weird science, uh, steampunky, paranormal type stuff. The second chapter is, I take inspiration from Mike here, with the Octoon Cthulhu thing. It's set in World War I. It's at World War One. It's more of the mythos things, more dark, more magic. And it's also a bit of the sort of diesel punk thing that I'm going to put in there, and which is, again, magic's not real, at least the stuff that people believe. But there is this undercurrent that you're plugged into your characters. You can play your characters in the second game. Either they're a hell of a lot older or they're your kids 
or say you play a vampire. You're there. You just lived those years into World War One from Civil War. Or there's somewhere, you know, you put yourself into a, a super science container. Cryo sleep. Yeah. yeah. You know, the possibilities are endless. Or you play co- completely new characters. But what remains is the institute that they made. And when we go into that game, we're going to talk about, like, how has the institute changed? And how has it not? How has it not kept up with the times? This mandate and project that they're working on, where are they on that? How has that progressed? And then the same thing for the bad guys, too. The third chapter, all the same concepts. You know, if you're a vampire, you just live through the years, whatever. You play the kids and and on and on. All the different stories, all the different things you can do. Same thing with the Institute. How has it changed? How has it not kept up with the times? How is it old-fashioned, but how has it also advanced? All of that stuff. 1960s Cold War espionage with the sort of paranormal experimentation, paranormal elements to it. So, Cool. Well, I'm very interested to see how both of these games develop, especially since they're still kind of in their conceptual phases. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this could all change. I mean, we could be playing Knights in Armor and, you know. My zero session is in three days. Okay. Mine's tomorrow. Well, the, the pitch is tomorrow. And if I'm the only one pitching, then our zero sessions are going to be tomorrow, too. <laughs> I'm the only one that pitches. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Broder has an empty plate. So anyway, check the show notes for a couple of things we're going to oh, link to. Yeah. One more thing, too. Total weird coincidence stuff is I'm also probably going to run this in Savage Worlds uh, Adventure Edition or whatever it's called. Yeah, the update edition where they apparently, mm-hmm. I've been told, it's, fixed everything that irritated us yeah, about Savage Worlds. So. Dude, it's tits, man. It's so. awesome. Cool. Alrighty, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. Yeah. This has been a production of Fear the Booth, copyright 2022. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.